This episode is brought to you by Progressive, where customers who save by switching their home and car save nearly $800 on average. Quote at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. National average 12-month savings of $793 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2021 and May 2022. Potential savings will vary. How's it hanging, ladies and folks? My name is Chris R.R. Balzo, and this is my show. You're about to hear Chapter 22, the gripping conclusion to this arc of my ongoing sword and sorcery narrative. A story written, read, performed, and edited all with your ear holes in mind. But don't concern yourself with going back to catch up quite yet, because this episode, like every episode, just so happens to be the perfect jumping on points. And then, once you're hooked, feel free to go back and enrapture yourself with previous episodes of the show while you wait for the next one to drop. But for now, all I need you to do is sit back, relax, And allow me to unfurl the wizard scroll. That kingly presence and the following he had amassed. King Rodney and his caravan of retribution rode from the city of Pineville, backlit by the rising sun, riding onward. Shuddering with anticipation of the all-out, balls-out warfare that was to soon take place. Mounted upon the back of a lion, blessed sword arm raised up high, he led the charge. With his 200,000 followers piled into carts, wagons, a couple Flintstone cars, and various animal mounts one might find within the Super Arena Catacombs. Across the Sachet Plains they charged, impressing into service all who laid eyes upon their march. Centaurs, deer, owls, and other little woodland critters bolstering their number as they crested the next hilltop, barreling down the other side even faster still. Without question, without wavering, and without fear, that motley crew of humans, elves, orcs, centaurs, and a bunch of other stuff surged across the realm of Yergsland at a breakneck pace. Charged headlong straight into the very source of all the vile, undead energy in all the land and did it on Rodney's word. For he was their idol. He wore the championship belt about his waist. He wielded the only blade in all of creation capable of ending this fight for good. For today, these brave souls storm Skullcap Castle itself. 
that bone white skull shaped mountain and the jet black citadel that stood erect directly atop it. They loomed in the middle distance as the sky above quickly crossfaded from a clear cyan to a dark, brooding gray. That scowling pair of deep purple orbs and the lich that surrounded them had just become visible at the tippy top of the distant spire. But what she held aloft just above her head was enough to give even Rodney pause. A massive, dark purple ball of pure, void energy. The Riot Army's swift, ever-forward march slowed to a standstill for the first time all damn day. Watching dumbfoundedly as lavender bolts of electricity crackled about the ball's surface. Watching as it grew larger still before their very eyes. Wizards of the Multiverse, lend me your energy. Grant me the power I require to obliterate all of creation in one single flawless take. Oh shit, said the narrator. This lich bout to nuke the whole realm. Not on my watch, you evil ass. Shit-ass, butt-ass, undead enthusiast! Well, well, well. If it isn't the king of fuck-all. Oh, and look, he brought all his little friends out to play. <laughs> I stopped you twice before, Lich, and I'm about to make this the bloodiest threequel you ever did get murdered in. So savor the breakfast in your gullet while you still can, cause tonight you'll dine on a dollop of the devil's diarrhea dumps in heck. You hear me? You shall die right here and right now by my hand! Are you finished rambling on already? Jeez, my throat's getting sore just listening to this shit. Let me just say as a quick side note, if you're a if you're a, a aspiring sword and sorcery podcaster, um maybe not do a voice that sounds like that. Because I have a fucking splitting headache, my throat is killing me, and I'm only like halfway done with this. So yeah, if you're gonna stick with stuff that's in your range, don't do the gravelly, because that's a mistake every time. Trust me. Anyway, where was I? Oh, yes. (sighs) And with that... The thrall of bone and steel had made its presence known. Skeleman warriors, skele clerics, skeletal horses with skeleman archers riding atop them, as well as some acid-spitting zombies, large hulking Frankensteins, and even some trebuchet operators waiting in the wings. They poured out from the yawning maw that was the base of Skullcap Castle's namesake Skull. And just to make matters even worse, 
thousands of crimson skull eats all rose from the ground at once, emerged from the gray ashen soil below, bows, axes, and swords drawn, as they scrambled into formation with the rest of Umberlai's assortment of undead forces. And though they were relatively few in number, the Skullites were plentiful in martial skill. Masters of over 69 different forms of martial arts, and capable of turning just about anything into a weapon of mass destruction. In fact, one Skullite held a single marshmallow pinched between their bony fingers. And they just killed a man with it from over 420 yards away. Charge! Though Rodney's forces vastly outnumbered those of the Skullites, those crimson skeletal warriors fought back with a swift, deadly efficiency that kept the living folk on the defense. They were a 200,000 man riot, a mob, a horde even, but they were mostly untrained, save for the occasional seasoned traveler, dungeon crawler, or ex-convict sprung from the super arena catacombs. But for the most part, they were just bakers and cobblers and shit, so they were unwieldy, sloppy, and no match for the Skullites. But still they fought for it was what their champion demanded. YOLO AND A BOTTLE OF HOLY FUCKING SHIT! A familiar looking orc fisherman, wearing a raincoat and captain's hat, wielding a sword fish in one hand and a manta ray in the other, he slashed at the mob of zombies now surrounding him. <laughs> Blocking their spewing acid just in time. Parrying and counterattacking with a swift, deadly series of strikes. Dismembering, beheading, and or circumcising a lot of those shambling, moaning beasts. And doing it with a motherfucking swordfish, no less. while Jinjax and Kargon used their wrestling techniques to great effect. Flying superfly kicks, tail swipes, double fist hammer punches, sword swipes, sledgehammer swings, and submission holds alike. Take me in, Jinjax! Take me in! Uh, okay, bet. And so Kargon leapt from the top turnbuckle did 17 backflips and crashed into the earth with an atomic elbow drop. The resulting seismic quake toppled all enemies within a 10-foot radius as Jinjax began spinning around like a Tasmanian devil, clutching daggers in both hands, one foot, and his tail at the same time, slicing and shredding the grounded undead foes into pieces. Just over yonder, three dozen lions all pounced on some unsuspecting Frankensteins. Slashing, renting, and tearing flesh. Dismembering those stitched together abominations. And feasting upon the scattered chunks which remained. Just then, the trebuchets all began firing skeleton through the air. 
So an all-elf hit squad stationed on a nearby hilltop effortlessly ended that volley of bones before it even hit the ground. Come on, bones! Let's get them! They drew their bows in sync with the flying fiends and filled them all with holy water-dipped arrows, exploding them on contact. It was like a motherfucking fireworks show going on up there, except instead of fireworks, it was bones just fucking like shrapnel hitting the people on the ground. <laughs> to be honest, it was probably more deadly than if they just let the skeleton hit the ground. But holy shit, it looks hella cool. Get back here, you little squirt. As a Skeleman warrior hopped around on one foot, chasing around a small corgi who held their femur between its jaws. Come on, Buzz, give me my fucking foot back! What are you doing? Give me my leg! I, I can't fight with one leg! Cargon crushed the immobilized fiend beneath his gigantic swinging fist, then picked up the puppy and kissed it. Aww. I'm coming for you, lich! All the while, Rodney bum-rushed the lich herself, the very source of all the evil unholy magics in all the realm, screaming a war cry so powerful that it blasted the ear holes of all in attendance. His lion mount leapt gracefully onto Cargon's shoulder, and with a running start he shot-footed that perilous pair into the air. They soared far higher than should have been possible, high enough to allow Rodney to leap off do a 360 pop shove it with the lion and still reach the lich with a yard or two to spare. I won't let you slink off this time. I shall have my vengeance. I shall have my throne. And I shall see you die, lich. Not necessarily in that order. You bloody bumbling buffoon. The anointed eviscerator is in my possession. It's blessing nullified. This invasion, quote-unquote, is a suicide mission at best, and eternal damnation at most likely. You cannot defeat me. Oh, yeah? His sword arm swung through the air in a flash, cutting clean through the Lich Queen's extended index finger in a motion so quick that it would make Yo-Yo Ma say... Yo-Yo Ma. Oh yes, I, I play the cello. Hello, I am Yo-Yo Ma. Anyway, Umberlai the Lich Queen's pointer finger had just been chopped right the fuck off. So she crossed her eyes down unto the gushing stump where her finger had just been, gazing in total abject shock upon the dark, pitch black gore presently dripping down her forearm. Oh, oh, oh what? How? Let's just say I got a little help from an old friend, he said with a smirk, looking up to the heavens while giving a thumbs up to seemingly no one. Smash cut two. No problem, dude, said Goblin Jesus from his poolside cabana up in heaven as he lowered his shades and looked to the camera with a wink. Check out episode 203, <laughs> if you haven't yet. <laughs> no matter, you may have the means and the motive, 
but I'll never let you cinch the opportunity. My magics are far more powerful than your no magic having ass could possibly begin to contend with. I've spent 50 years trapped in that place beyond places and emerged unscathed. I have faced trials and tribulations the likes of which would have left a lesser man deader than one of your abhorrent abominations. I have been tempered by the fires of determination, been forged by that cathartic blaze, hardened into stiffer stuff than even an 18-year-old orc suprasad on a muggy moon's day eve. TLDR, I shall not lose. Mm, you say that, but can you do this? Ah, lightning hands! Rodney was blown clean out of his shoes and socks, flung haphazardly across the palace roof, landing prone just a few inches from the edge. And as he lies there, immobilized by the arcs of arcane, deep purple lightning shooting from the lich's four remaining fingers. Rodney's rage bubbled up, boiled over, and was soon joined by something else entirely. Pure, blind desperation. That potent concoction, that most revered, feared, and cherished blend of emotions, the combination of rage and desperation which presently overtook Rodney's psyche. It was overbearing, all-encompassing, and allowed him to shrug off even the Lich's continued electric assault. So he muscled his way back onto his feet, screaming all the way, sword arm outstretched, and he put one foot in front of the other, staggering, walking, sprinting forward fully intent on running her through and ending this fight permanently. But she sidestepped and spun from harm's way in the nick of time, then built out her cloak into the shape of bat wings. And lo, the lich took flight. Up, up, up. Forever up away from Rodney's range of motion and into the skies. Still charging her final, ultimate technique, she held one arm raised to her zenith at all times, even as she kept the other trained on the savage, the super arena champion, the only man rough enough, tough enough, batshit crazy enough to contend with her considerable powers kept it trained on King Rodney himself. She fired a barrage of magic missiles from her four remaining fingertips, though Rodney easily dodged, rolled, and weaved away from those bullet-sized bolts of eldritch energy, charging across the castle roof, taking one final, bounding leap off 
off the other side and into thin air. Owls! After a pregnant moment spent in freefall, a fleet of delivery owls had emerged from the fray below and came to Rodney's aid, lifting the warrior into the air and after his quarry. I have the power of God and owls on my side, Lich! Your defeat is all but guaranteed! Higher, higher, higher still they soared. High enough that the battlefield below was hardly even visible anymore. Even higher still, and now they both rose through the swirling gray overcast above. But still she held her lead, kept her distance, continued charging that ever-growing ball of pure void energy. The one which, if unleashed onto that realm... Well, 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 well. Looks like we're all charged up and ready to go. No, he would not allow it. He could not allow that realm and all who inhabited it to face such an unfortunate fate. So he cleared his mind of such grim premonitions and focused all his energy on the task at hand. Do. Not. Lose. Owls! Toss me! On his word, the owls hurled him upward, sent him skyward even faster than before. As he closed the gap between himself and the Lich, his determination so great, so imposing that even gravity itself would not, could not slow his ascent, he careened sword arm first, straight for her, and in rebuttal she hucked her spirit bomb down unto his brawlic screaming form. Unto the realm of Yergslin below, intent on slaying the lot of them in one final bang, and enlisting all of creation to her thrall. Rodney was utterly alone helplessly set adrift through the inky black void of nothingness. Not an iota of light or sound, friction or gravity, space or time to be seen, felt, or otherwise perceived. He was nowhere at all, buoyed from total obliteration of mind, body, and soul by means of the freshly anointed sword arm attached to his person. The only source of light in all of existence. A single, lonely little glow stick in a rave that was yet to be. I am sick and fucking tired of your craven little tricks. You cursed lich! Show yourself! His command went unheeded, and still he remained in solitude. For the lich, not to mention literally everyone and everything aside from Rodney himself, did not exist. For the first time ever since embarking on his quest, Rodney had nothing to rage against. Nothing but the nothingness itself, 
And so he focused his attention inward. Three times over he had failed to thwart the lich. Despite his best efforts, despite all the struggle, strife, and sacrifice that had gotten him so very, very close to achieving his goal, each and every time she would ultimately have her way. And now, he had been vanquished utterly, condemned to a fate worse than death, worse even than an afterlife spent in her servitude, condemned to hover about in this inky black void of nothingness for all eternity, conscious and aware of the circumstances that have brought him here. But even now, Thrice cucked of the victory he had fought so hard to achieve. Ejected from the universe itself. Rodney refused to call it quits quite yet. No, he had come so very, very close to defeating her on three separate occasions. And he knew in his heart and his soul that to turn back now would be some serious bullshit that King Rodney simply would not oblige. He would rage against the nothingness itself for all eternity if that's what it meant. But he would not quit. He would not shut the fuck up. Ever. 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 He would channel all his hate, his rage, his desperation, and his irrefutable desire to win. He would push it all down from his brain, through his left trapezius, and into his sword arm. The blade of Lich's Bane, the one that had already sliced off one of her dainty, immaculate little fingers. He watched as that divine saber grew so bright, so hot, so loud, so parched for another taste of the lich's gore that it caused a big fucking bang. I'm coming for you, lich! Rodney burst through the cosmic microtonal background and zoom through time and space, watching the entire history of the universe whiz by around him in super dee duper fast motion, just like the intro to the Big Bang Theory, until finally he arrived back to present day. Approximately one second before Umbrella had fired her ultimate technique. Like we're all charged up and ready to go! Faster than time itself, Rodney careened forward, sword arm first, coming to a sudden stop as he swung downward, slicing straight through the Lich Queen in her entirety. Yep. Slice clean through from head to taint as her two halves fell in opposite directions and fucking made two big craters in the ground below. 
Umbrelai the Lich Queen was dead, lifeless, gone forevermore. And with her demise, all the Skelemen, zombies, Frankensteins, and other undead forces all clattered lifelessly to the ground, rendered re-dead now that her influence was finally, finally snuffed out for good. And even that big fucking spirit bomb itself fizzled away and dissipated into thin air. People of Yurkland, can you dig it? And so our hero emerged triumphant from the battle at Skullcap Castle. All undead beings in the land returned to the earth whence they came. Rodney's ragtag riot army laid down their weapons and rejoiced. For an era of love and peace was bound to begin. Or was it? The end. Wow, great uncle Adrian. That was a great story. It sure was, kid. And guess what, chicken butt? All that shit really happened. No way. Way. Thanks for tuning in to me screaming about wizards for a half hour. If you're still here, odds are that you've enjoyed what you just heard and are stoked for more. And on that front... I'm afraid I've got some good news, and I've got some bad news. First, the bad stuff. Now that Rodney's arc is concluded, I'll be taking an extended break from producing episodes until the next arc is fully written. But here's where the good news comes in. This break probably won't be nearly as long as my previous one, and I still plan on releasing little bonus content for y'all during the interim. Whether that be sandwich reviews, covers, or whatever else I can think of down the line, it'll all be coming soon to an RSS feed near you. But while you wait, feel free to check out the story thus far. There's already 21 and a half episodes sitting there waiting for you, aka plenty of content to keep you content during this little hiatus of mine. And let me know what you think of the show, either as a review on your podcasting platform of choice or anywhere else on the internet. Season 2 of The Wizard Scroll will return eventually. And until then, bye bye The Fable and Folly Network, where fiction producers flourish. Dum Dums and Dice would like to welcome you to the grim darkness of the 41st millennium in The Valentine Heresy, an actual play podcast set in the Genesis adaptation of Warhammer 40,000's Dark Heresy RPG. Newly promoted Inquisitor Lucius Valentine has received visions of the death of the immortal God Emperor. 
With few options before him, he teams up with hive-bred criminal siblings Lyric and Alto. Together, they must defeat a cabal of shadowy foes to save the Emperor and the Imperium. Can this trio of unlikely heroes survive in a galaxy where there is only war? The Emperor is going to die in a year. My job is to make sure the Emperor doesn't die. Because if the Emperor dies, the Astronomicon goes out. And the only thing keeping the Imperium alive is the fact that we have a very large navy and a very large army and space marines, and they shoot everyone. It's delightful. Praise the Emperor. Thanks for that. But if the Astronomicon goes out, we have no navy, we have no ability to defend ourselves, and the Xenos and Chaos will overrun us instantly because there will be no defense. So every planet will turn out like Galen's glory? And that would be the best case scenario. Which is why we need to keep the Emperor on his throne. I spit in my palm and put my hand out for a handshake. Am I supposed to do something in return? Is this, I'm sorry, I just don't know what this is. Alto's like, yeah, like this. He spits in his hand and puts it out towards you as well. Then I spit in both palms and shake their hands separately. (laughs) We have an inquisitorial band. Warhammer 40,000, the Valentine Heresy. Available now.